0: Occult crimes, paranormal investigations, urban legends, and strange happenings. Welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. Hey, welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. This is episode 72. I'm Abby, I'm Kate, and we'll be your ghostesses in summer. It's absolutely scorching.
1: Here we are, talking about the weather.
0: We're both completely naked. <laughs> oh we're, not, we're not really Please don't visualise that. You'll be sick.
1: <laughs> Could you imagine? I look like Mr. Krabs without his shell.
0: <laughs> what are you covering today, Kate?
1: Today, I'll be telling you about the absolute craziness of the cult Movement for the Restoration of the Ten Commandments of God. Short but sweet.
0: It's a real, uh, really rolls off the tongue.
1: That it does. I can see exactly why they picked the name.
0: I know, right? You're like, "Mm, I want to join a cult. This one sounds snappy. (laughs)
1: This one sounds short and fun. What's yours?
0: I'm talking about the Angel's Landing cult.
1: That's a way better name.
0: It is a bit. And it wasn't even supposed to be a cult. But I mean, are any cults supposed to be a cult?
1: I don't know. Depends on the leader. That's true. If they they immediately identify as a cult leader, then yes.
0: If they're like, hey, you want to join my cult? We have one member and it's me don't join because it's a cult
1: didn't we threaten to start a cult we did many many moons ago we have
0: a decent amount of listeners which means this is a cult I want you to I want you to know if you ever dropped me a message you're (laughs) we're not starting a cult no we're not liable for this no we're not really (laughs) we we refuse it's all a joke please
1: if you message us like hey can I join your cult we're gonna say no there's no cult what cult Mm,
0: that's what we need you to say (laughs) There is no cult
1: Okay Before we start culting it up in here Boys God, I have regrets saying that immediately Why did you say that? I have the news From unexplained-mysteries.com Of course The only news source that matters to us Where else is there? So this one, again, short but sweet The British Ministry of Defence Used to have a UFO desk Right? Did you know this?
0: I didn't, but okay. that would make sense. Well, we we did
1: used to have one until I think it was 2006 we used to have one. We might be getting it back.
0: Oh. Does that mean that...
1: Possibly. Aliens. This is all happening because of that report over in America where they're releasing the alien news to the public, which they still haven't done yet. Oh, yeah. Well, according to unnamed sources... The UK is watching the USA with eagle eyes, and if anything comes out in those reports that we should be worried about, we'll be getting a UFO desk back.
0: How do I join the UFO desk?
1: Right? Originally, it was Nick Pope that was uh, headed, uh, heading the UFO desk, and he is a UFO researcher. Um, so hopefully he'll be coming back with the UFO desk. Who knows?
0: It's kind of coincidental that they stopped doing it right around the time Doctor Who became popular. Right? We didn't need them anymore. Because we had him. <laughs>
1: we had the doctor. We didn't need that.
0: I don't really know if it's still on TV. I don't have a TV, so...
1: It is. It's that woman. Still. Oh, yeah. I remember. She seems nice.
0: She does seem nice.
1: Um, Do you think that Britain will do that after reading the reports?
0: I think if there's anything in it that we should be worried about, then yeah. Because why would they not?
1: See, I don't think they would... Because if everyone saw that Britain's gone, oh shit, yeah, maybe we should get the Ministry of Defence to take a look at that, everyone's going to freak out.
0: Yeah, I think that it's one of those things. Britain is incredibly good at doing things and not letting anyone know. True, yeah. Um, And then people just figure it out. Like, people didn't even know this was a thing. I didn't even know this was a thing. And I live here and I like aliens, so...
1: It's so hard to talk about the UK government without voicing opinions on the UK government.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I don't really want to because I'm sure people have differing opinions. But at the end of the day, regardless of, of what you think of the government... It's good at covering stuff up. Yeah, there's a lot of sneaky.
1: Not even, like, them trying to be sneaky, but there's a lot of where the government is so big and it covers so many sectors. If you look the other way for one second, you've missed, like, eight different things that have gone through.
0: Yeah, and the media is never going to let people get so scared about aliens over, like, they would just show a different story, surely. I mean, you say
1: that, but the amount of fear-mongering that happened at the beginning of the pandemic...
0: True. I don't know.
1: Who knows? What do you think? You think the UFO is coming wait, the UFO desk is coming back with UFOs full are force?
0: coming back. You think
1: the UFOs are coming back? We sound like a tin foil hat podcast now. We are. Oh my god.
0: Are you not wearing yours?
1: <laughs> That's all you're wearing. They're
0: gonna melt <laughs> They're gonna melt your brain. Yeah, my head is so fucking hot right now. The rest of you,
1: I can tell you right now, is not.
0: You got anything else to cover before we get into this? <laughs> uh, no, no, knock yourself out. Oh, I did want to say we put on another you know, video, a new video on Patreon the other day, where I did a little psychology test with Kate, struggled at some mental maths, um, and we're going to be talking about some cool, spooky food places this week. I'll leave it at that. It's a bit random, but it'll be fun if you want to. If you want to head over there, we'll talk about it a bit more later. But today I'm going to be telling you about the Angels Landing cult. What a
1: beautiful name.
0: Angel's Landing is a place. Oh. You can go hiking. Where is it? In America.
1: Oh. Small. Small geographical location (laughs) you've given me. Sources
0: are Heavy.com, Oxygen.com, Yahoo News, QNewsHub.com, Fox News, and Kansas.com. It's in Kansas. So, Angel's Landing Commune was a 20 acre plot of rural land in Kansas. I knew it. Called it. How big is 20 acres? Usually I look this up and then I just didn't this time. How big do you reckon that is?
1: Pretty big. I would say like a big orchard.
0: Should we find out? Yeah. Okay. It's about the size of 20 American football pitches.
1: Yeah, so like, oh my goodness, who is it? (laughs) Uh, It's, yeah, the size of a big orchard. I feel like that was the best cop-out answer I could have given.
0: Orchards could be of any size.
1: Exactly. But I said large orchard, I believe.
0: Anyways, this is a a plot of land. That's what it was. So this is where a man named Lou Castro set up his new life with a small group of other people in the early 2000s. A great time to be alive. The early 2000s? Oh, yeah. The
1: just fabulousness of the early 2000s culture has me absolutely gasping
0: i miss my flip phone i miss
1: phone charms
0: i miss inflatable chairs i think they might have been 90s but i had one when i was a kid and i was born in 97 oh, and those were cool so i don't know but those were so cool i never had one but i was super fucking jealous
1: of people that did
0: me and my sister have one and it, it oh, was man. rad we used to sit on them and watch mtv listen to the music Okay, but
1: what phone charm did you have? Because it tells you a lot about a person. I had a Pokemon one. I had an Eeyore one. And I feel like that encapsulates our personalities now.
0: Oh my God, it kind of does. Aww. I'm catching them all, and, and you're I'm, a donkey.
1: And I'm, I'm severely depressed. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anyways, early 2000s. The group lived an extravagant lifestyle. There were several cars on the property and many of them were worth over $40,000. There was also a large swimming pool and multiple different houses built onto the land. This was pretty odd because nobody had any proof that Lou was a man with a job or had any source of income whatsoever. It's cult money. Bit sketchy. He told his small group that he was an angel who could see the future and predict their deaths and injuries. Which is kind of always the cult thing. That sounds like a serial
1: killery thing to say. If you went up to someone and was like, I can predict your injuries, I would be running for the hills away from you.
0: Well, like, I guess people thought that he was angelic. He was like, I am a, an otherworldly being and I will know when you die. I suppose it's There was all, no need to add that bit on though, to be honest.
1: It's all really about intonation, isn't it? If you're like, I will know when you die. Fine. I'll know when you die. Creepy True Yeah
0: I think as well The joy if, if you're If you meet someone And you genuinely believe That they are An angel Who will know when you die Angels are thought to be like Positive Wholesome Good spirits Or, or something similar Right In every culture I think So You're going to trust this person? Instead of it being creepy, you're going to be like, oh, well, if they know how I die, maybe they'll protect me.
1: Yeah, but like, how reliable are angels? Because fallen angels used to be angels.
0: Hey, look. I didn't join this. Look, I'm just saying. But he was incredibly charming, he seemed genuinely caring to his followers, and they would do anything to be around him and stay on his land. They thought that he was charismatic and intelligent, and they believed that he would help them, because if he could see their deaths and injuries, he could prevent them. I don't think that's how it works. In 2003, he met a woman with two children named Sarah and Emily. She immediately felt captivated by him. She believed that he was an angel who would guide her and her children. So she came to live at the commune with her kids. Everyone settled in fine. It was fine for a good few months. And the children bonded with a woman named Patricia Hughes, who was also a member of the family. The family is in, like, the, the commune. The the follower group. That's it, yeah. Yeah. Patricia became, like, a second mother to them. She was 26. Garby be Ars being, like, someone's adoptive mum. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think it's just kind of like a fun a fun role. It's like an
1: aunt, I suppose.
0: Yeah, their mother was there. After a few months, living at Angel's Landing took a dark turn. In June of 2003, Emily called Sarah to tell her that Patricia Hughes had slipped and fallen into the pool and died. Oh my god, no. So this was suspicious, because she was 26, she'd been in this pool before, who just slips and falls into a pool and dies, like, it's a bit of a... I
1: don't know, accidents happen, maybe she was running by the pool.
0: Yeah, well, accidents do happen, but I think they were kind of keeping them on their radar because this guy, these people are all living on this land, they don't seem to have any income, but they're all buying really expensive cars. Yeah. And one of them has just died yeah. of a really mysterious injury.
1: Yeah, it does seem... It. I understand
0: why they would be on the radar, but, like, I'm just saying, people slip. Yeah, the sheriff was suspicious at this point. So he he tried searching up Lou on the database to see, you know, what he's doing, kind of what his job is, what what's even happening with this guy. But he had zero paper trail. Aliases. Which means that, yeah, he was likely using a fake name. Which is also a little bit suspicious. You know what's insane is people have
1: aliases everywhere. Like, so many people have aliases. You probably have an alias. You just don't know about it. What do you mean? Well, if anything gets addressed to you incorrectly, like if they misspelt Flaherty, for example... That would be an alias It wouldn't be one that you've chosen And that you use But on um, something like A police database Or an immigration database Or something like that It would be listed on there If you provided that proof So it would be on your record As that you have an alias
0: Whoa, it's like Wikipedia Where it's like other names Yeah, exactly And it's Abby spelled in six different ways
1: Yeah, or like, have you ever filled in paperwork where it's like, what's your preferred name? Yeah. And I put
0: Godzilla. It's
1: it's for your aliases page. What? They just pop it on there. Yeah, because it's like, well, if you went by Ab, for example, and that was your preferred name, then you will probably have social medias or accounts maybe or things like that under the name Ab.
0: That's so wild. I did not know that.
1: Yeah, it's an alias.
0: The more you know, hey, that makes you feel way cooler.
1: Yeah, right. You've got like <laughs> twenty names, man.
0: True. Big true. What are yours? Kate. Uh
1: all right. <laughs> I was trying so hard to think of something else. Well, I could think of eradicate, and that was it. Ah, <laughs> uh, here she is. That Kate was...
0: Eradicate. That's it. Patricia was married to a man named Brian. became severely depressed after the death of his wife and this brought him closer to lou who reassured him that one day he would be able to go to the other side and reunite with her he felt that lou was a friend and confided in him during these hard times especially because he thought he was an angelic being and that he was told you know from this angel you will see your wife again so he was like oh this is good that's a nice comfort unfortunately It wasn't long until he finally did reunite with her, because just three years later, in March 2006, Brian got into a freak accident at the place he worked. Oh, another accident. They're piling up, man. This sparked the interest of the sheriff even more, who'd been watching the commune for for a good few years. And the chances of both these people dying, especially a married couple dying, a young married couple dying, within that, like, two and a half, three year time gap, pretty suspicious
1: yeah it's it's weird especially if no one else has died you know because you could just sort of chalk it up to being like oh yeah they needed better health and safety that kind of thing you know what I mean but like it's just them that's weird
0: yeah especially when police found out that in 2001 just two years before Patricia's death another member mysteriously died in a plane crash once police looked deeper they found out that they found out some information on Lou and his followers, um, which was a bit gross. So they found out that they'd been placing large life insurance policies on the healthy people in the commune, and then every two or three years, someone would just die. So they'd just like sacrifice someone and cash in their money, basically.
1: That feels like something that would be in a like in the Cornetho trilogy film. Does. Right? It feels very hot fuzz esque.
0: So the sheriff immediately thought that this was fraud when he started putting the pieces together. Another group were sacrificing someone for the money whenever their funds got low enough, which is kind of around two or three years, because they were just spending it on crazy stuff. None of them worked. So the police started an official investigation into Lou and the family. And this took many years because there was just so little information on him and no one knew his real name. And they didn't want to ask. The followers, because they wouldn't write him out, especially if they were getting the money too.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. It, it would not pay off at all. What would be the point?
0: They did try to follow him at one point to a restaurant. They sort of tailed him, you know, to try and get fingerprints. But he left nothing behind. So then they just kind of stopped at that. He must have known. He Yeah, probably, right?
1: Because like, how often do you go to a restaurant and leave nothing behind? Like, not a napkin, not a fork. Nothing.
0: After another two years, Sarah and Emily's mother died in a freak car accident. And again, Lou and the cult cashed in the money. So these poor kids are just there now. Well, the kids were... It says that Emily was 11 and Sarah was like a young teenager. So I'm guessing around 14. Mm -hmm. So this was a few years later. So they'd be older by now. Yeah, but they're still kids. Oh, yeah. Yeah my god so the police intensified their investigation because they knew at this point if we don't do something now in two years someone else is gonna die yeah it's like a it's like you're on the clock there's like a countdown yeah so sarah in a time of need she began a relationship with a boy because at this point she was in her mid-teens so she was able to sort of go to school and like travel around by herself although she still lived at the commune And turns out was, like, Lou wasn't just losing all of his mates suspiciously. He also told his followers that he had to have sex with underage girls or he would die. Oh, fuck off, Lou. So several people sort of either offered up their children or they were taken by Lou, if requested. But Sarah received a large majority of the abuse because Lou claimed that he was attempting to heal her. What a dickhead. Hmm. Sarah had opened up about her abuse and the financial crimes that were happening to her boyfriend, and he'd contacted the FBI through their website to report the horrors happening inside of the cult. In 2010, just a few years later, Lou moved to Tennessee and adopted a new identity to keep up his lifestyle. The same year, though, police caught up to him and they arrested him at his home. Good. They interviewed both Sarah and Emily, as well as other members of the commune. And they discovered that Lou was actually a man named Daniel Perez, a man from Texas, with many police reports, including sex crimes against underage girls. Oh, ew. When it came to testifying in court, Sarah was, of course, pretty afraid. But she was able to, to do it with the support from her boyfriend, who is now her husband. I think she's 23 oh. now, or she was when this happened. How sweet. So it came out that the group had moved many times to different states, and in total, six people were killed for their life insurance and Patricia's death alone was over a million dollars. Jesus. Speaking of Patricia, another young girl came forward to speak about Lou or Daniel, but I'm going to call him Lou because I don't want it to get really confusing. Yeah, I will 100% get confused. The girl said that she was 11 when Lou gave her a made-up story to tell the police about Patricia. So the girl said that she actually heard a splash from the pool and then a scream before seeing Lou completely soaked and out of breath coming out of the, the area. And he had told her to tell the police and other members that Patricia had slipped and died by the pool. But he denied this in court and said that she was... He was searching for a car at a dealership when he got a call from a member of the commune saying that there were, like, police and stuff at the house.
1: Right. So, like, he just wasn't anywhere near it.
0: Yeah, he had, like, a bit of an alibi, but it was just some kid. So, obviously, she grew up and was like, actually, no. Yeah, right. He was charged with 28 felonies, including murder in the first degree, rape, assault, exploitation of a child, as well as fraud and other miscellaneous charges like giving false information. So in 2015, he was given two life sentences, with the possibility of parole, but not until he's 120.
1: Oh, thank God. Let's hope he was a heavy, heavy, heavy smoker.
0: The sheriff said he was probably the most amazing feeling in his whole career, and Sarah talks about her experiences openly for the media and TV in the hopes that people won't feel entrapped by a cult, not realizing that it's a cult. Because she said that her mother was like very accepting of whimsical things and just wanted to have a good time. She didn't really think too much into it. Yeah. But you know, even if it's not very common, you can join a cult and not realize it's a cult until it's too late.
1: Oh definitely. Cults don't advertise themselves as cults. Otherwise no one would join.
0: Exactly. Lou, however, He didn't sort of back down. He didn't go quietly. So in court, he denied many of the allegations and he made some wild excuses for all the stuff he was charged against. So when asked why he went by Lou instead of Daniel, he said that in 1997, he was being scheduled for sentencing for child sex crimes. So he did admit to that because that was on his record. But at the time, he got severely beaten by a group of men and was knocked unconscious. Oh my God, stop. He says like when he woke up, he was highly medicated and he had no memory... Oh,
1: bugger off.
0: ...of much of his life. But there was a woman he recognised who ended up being Patricia who was calling him Lou Castro. So he was like, well, that must be who I am. Oh my God. He said that he left Texas and bought fancy cars and an expensive lifestyle with money he carried in a duffel bag because Patricia gave him the bag after he had lost his memory. So he didn't know where it came from. Well, he said it was likely from selling a house or a car, but he couldn't remember.
1: You don't just have a duffel bag. He with... was
0: literally claiming amnesia.
1: <laughs> you don't have duffel bags with forty grand in unless you're a mobster or a fraud.
0: Yeah, he just said he was beaten close to death. He didn't know who Patricia was, but he knew that she... he knew that he knew her, and she took him to go get healed. So why would he then be like, "Oh yeah, I'm an angel, by the way"? Like, just go away. Well. Though he claimed that she knew him before the injury, he said that she, he, she only called him Lou. So he figured that's what his name was. But like, if you... If, if I had like... If I hit my head and I couldn't remember who I am, why the hell would you refer to me by a fake name?
1: Well, not only that, do you not have bank cards? Do you not have a driver's license? Do you not have a passport? Do you not have a council tax bill? Do you not have a utility bill? Do you not have anything... Go away. Go away, Daniel.
0: Yeah. So apparently Patricia was like, yeah, you're Lou for some reason. And then helped him relocate and invited her friends to come and stay with them and form a group. The biggest prank ever is what she was
1: pulling on him. She was like, oh my God, this loser thinks his name's Lou. Lou is short for loser.
0: (laughs) He also said, and this is something else, man. This is something else. He said that he couldn't possibly commit child sex crimes because he had scar tissue from a penile injury in the 90s and because of this, he physically can only have consensual sex. He says that he needs the cooperation from a partner to have sex so he can't possibly force anyone into doing anything physically.
1: That's actually hilarious. Right? What would a partner need to do that you yourself could not do? Riddle me that.
0: What scar tissue got to do with anything?
1: Right? I mean, maybe if he was like, yeah, I can't get it up. I'd be like, all right, fair enough. You can still assault someone like that. But whatever. But it, it was the only consensual sex. He's like, "Yes, yeah, sex is fine, but not non-consensual sex. I physically cannot do that because of a pre-existing injury.
0: Yeah, my body just doesn't let that happen. That's like, so what funny. what are you talking about? <laughs> Although... Many was victims, who were now adults with her, who all testified against him. So the police just were like, what are you talking about? And then moved on. Right, what are you chatting? He said that everyone he had sex with was a consenting adult, and while at one point he did share a room with an 11-year-old girl, he didn't sleep in the same bed as her. But then he said that they did have sex once, but she was older and she initiated it. Ugh. So, like, fair enough, but, like, why bother bringing that up then? Just stop talking, Lou. Weird guy. With regards to him being an angel who could see the future, he said it was merely a phrase he used. And when he said that he was special, he said he meant special education. Oh my... Not that he was angelic. Oh my god, you've really got to make the distinction, Lou. He's just... He's got... He's, got, he's just said, I've got a condition. I can't do that. It's special education. I'm not, I'm not God. I don't know how you got those confused, everyone. As if like, I found money and I have amnesia, so I don't know what you're talking about. As if no one
1: would have would have been like, oh, like special, like special education. You know what I mean? Like everyone would have just—he's like everyone just kept jumping to the conclusion that I was an angel, right? That doesn't happen. <laughs> if you told me
0: you were special, I would 100 percent not think angel. Do you know what I mean? Literally anything else. Right. Angel is the furthest thing. Also, <laughs> jumping, to, <laughs> jumping to like, I'm an angel is still different from being like, I can see the future and I don't know how you die. <laughs> <laughs> and your injuries. <laughs> One woman said that Lou told her that she would be reincarnated. And he was like, I didn't say that. We watched a lot of movies though. So maybe she got it from that. I, I never said that. I don't <laughs> don't even know who she is. I don't don't know know who who I I am. (laughs) I've never watched a movie in my life. Prosecutors didn't buy this, obviously. No. So they were just like, he's used false names. He's moved around to prevent getting caught for his child sex crimes and to cover up all the murders so we can't connect them using different names. He's a puppet master. He's decided who's taken out the life insurance policies, how much they get, you know, who the beneficiaries are, because he was never one of them, so that he didn't get caught. He could use fake names. But Lou disagrees. He said that he didn't have a job, but he used his own money, he built the place himself, and the woman in his life controlled the finances, bought the real estate, and initiated the life insurance. He also said that with regards to the, the, regards to the cars, that his job in the commune was to find the cheapest deals. But he didn't know where the money came from. Oh my god, stop. You started it. Yeah, me and my commune, my job is to find cheap car deals. I don't know about you. My job is car salesman, but I have nothing to do with the sales. Yeah, I don't have anything to do with the finances. I don't know whose money this is. Who am I? (laughs) Can you get me a good deal on car insurance? Man doesn't
1: know who he is or where he comes from, but he knows how to get a deal.
0: Yeah, so I thought this was obviously a sad story. People lost their lives. People were traumatized, poor kids and stuff, but... You got, you've got to laugh at people like this. You know what I mean? Because It's just taking it to the next level. How can you be so evil and then also be so dumb?
1: <laughs> right? But also clever enough to get people to believe you're an angel.
0: Believe you're an angel and cash in millions of pounds, in yeah, millions right. of dollars in life insurance, and then be like, um, I have amnesia. I don't know where I am. <laughs> like, anything else. Plead insanity. You know what I mean? Right? Anything. Anything, please. That's
1: the obvious option.
0: Also, it wasn't even just like, oh, I hit my head in the shower. It was like, oh, I was getting dumped for child sex crime somewhere else, and then someone beat me up, and it was like, so you're admitting Right, like that's that you've more believable
1: than a repeat offender.
0: It's crazy. That was what he was fighting against. He can't do that. He's got a condition. Oh my god, stop. Stop. Yeah. Gross man, but a bit wild. Do you are we doing scare scales for cults or? Uh I don't think so. Okay. Cool. It's real. Okay, anything else to add?
1: No, I think that's topped it off wonderfully.
0: Nice. Well, if you like the podcast and you want to follow us on social media, you can do that at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MythsMagicPod. We also have a Facebook group, so you can come and join in that, post some cool stuff, people. And if you want to support us on Patreon, you can do that at patreon.com forward slash MythsMagicMurder.
1: Over on Patreon, we have wonderful, cool things. We have, as Abby mentioned, extra episodes um, of like mini things that you can get to know. Uh, I did the F-scale about authoritarianism that I mentioned a couple episodes back. Abby is going to be talking about something dumb. Wanted
0: McDonald's.
1: Yep. It's magical. Uh, And there are also videos of us doing those things, so you can see us. Not in the nude.
0: Yes, we got polls, we got images, we got fun behind the scenes stuff. We can all hang out.
1: Yeah, it's a good time. You also get to know what's coming before everyone else does. It's fun. 10% off our merchandise as well. And if you want to go see our merchandise, you can go over to MythsMagicAndMurder.com.
0: Yes. Also, random, we never mentioned this, but you don't have to... There's no like strict pledges on Patreon. You can put in as little as much as you want. Oh, yeah. Just put in whatever you want.
1: Yeah. Give us $100 a oh month. God. Oh my gosh. Minimum. You don't have to do that. <laughs> um, yes, on our website as well, we've got you can request what you want to hear and you can submit your own spooky stories, terrifying tales, and haunted happenings. And you can also do that on our email on myths, magic, and murder at gmail.com. Okay. Shall I get started? Please do. Okay, so my sources are Wikipedia, swordandscale.com. NewYorkTimes.com BBC.co.uk Prezi.com TheGuardian.com BibleInfo.com And I watched a documentary on YouTube um, about this whole entire thing by Journeyman Pictures because there's not a lot about it online. Fair enough. So the movement for the restoration of the Ten Commandments of God or as I like to call it, the cult that was trying to hit the essay's word limit (laughs) was originally thought up by Credonia Morinde and Joseph Kibwetire, I think. I've given it a good go.
0: You've given it your all, and sometimes that's all you can do.
1: It was founded in southwest Uganda, which was where both Credonia and Joseph were originally from. Joseph was born in 1932 to very devoutly Catholic parents who were well off. He got married when he was around 30 to a woman named Teresa, and when he was 50, he ran for office. Like, political office.
0: Yeah, I figured he didn't just run for the office. He's She's running eight.
1: for the office. <laughs> um, and he'd obviously continued to live a wealthy life because he donated land so he could build his own school for the community.
0: Oh, that's very nice.
1: I don't know. Apart from this, little is actually known about Joseph's life. But he seemed like a relatively decent guy. And then he met Credonia in 1989. She was 20 years younger than Joseph, born in 1952, but unlike what seems to be every other tale we tell, it wasn't attraction that brought these two together, because, as I said, Joseph was married. Instead, it was joint sightings of the Virgin Mary that kindled their friendship. Oh, nice. Joseph... Joseph? Joseph had been having visions of the Virgin Mary for about five years, so when he met Credonia, who was basically like, oh my god, no way, I just saw the Virgin Mary near your house, they hit it off.
0: Fair enough.
1: Prior to holy sightings, Credonia had been a sex worker, shopkeeper, and banana beer brewer.
0: Oh, wow, what a life. She's an entrepreneur. Get it? Banana beer brewer. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. Why
1: is that so hard to say?
0: It sounds It's kind of fun, and I have a speech problem. <laughs>
1: She lived in a holy sighting kind of family, with her dad, Paolo, saying he'd seen his dead daughter Evangelista since 1960. So they've been traveling through Uganda, spreading their sort of message. I guess they put like religious twist on the whole seeing dead people thing, which is how she met Joseph. So they did the completely normal and not red flag worthy thing of moving in together immediately. Nice. Joseph moved her in with him, his wife, and his children to start their own religion.
0: Oh, of course. That sounds like it's going to go well.
1: Yeah, well, Credonia had tried going to the church and being like, I am seeing the the Virgin Mary, and the church was like, go away. (laughs) (laughs) Enough of you. Yeah, but Joseph was like, oh my god, let's start a religion. And so... The movement for the restoration of the Ten Commandments of God was born.
0: Why didn't they pick something better?
1: Right? And the pair agreed that the world was definitely going to end at the turn of the century.
0: Nice. Some Y2K action.
1: (laughs) Shortly after this, Dominic Carababo joined the cult. He was a renowned priest from the USA, which boosted the reputation of the cult and made, obviously, more people join it. While all of this was going on, Credonia was using a hidden telephone system, i.e., cups and plates, to talk to the Virgin Mary.
0: I love that. I love that the Virgin Mary was like, "I'll play you a little game." Hey, Han, gonna
1: ring you on the banana. Mary was apparently telling her that all children under five should be killed.
0: Mm, I feel like that—that that isn't right,
1: right? In my humble opinion. That doesn't sound like a very Virgin Mary thing to say
0: See, I've never spoken to the Virgin Mary
1: I mean, me neither Maybe I'm wrong
0: But it just feels like she wouldn't say that Mm, I feel like It's like, you know, when you have a celebrity And then, like, some, some bad news comes out about them And you're like, they wouldn't do that Yeah, literally, right? Except with Virgin Mary not that I'm like a big fan or anything. I'm I'm very neutral. Oh my god, the world's
1: number one fan of Virgin Mary is that, sat opposite me.
0: Uh yeah, I'm covering my Virgin Mary tattoo. Oh my god, stop. No, I'm I'm very neutral. Um, but yeah, it's very like a similar kind of thing. Right?
1: It just doesn't really fit the whole the whole character of the Virgin Mary we've been sold.
0: Mm. Maybe she hates kids.
1: Possibly. I feel like If we're taking the very Christian approach to it, God would not have entrusted his baby Jesus to someone who hated children.
0: Yeah, that's true. Imagine being like, I pick you to to mother my child, and they're like... Like the Pokemon phone charm. I actually think that's a terrible idea. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Anyway, the village elders were getting a bit annoyed about all of this going on, especially since there were religious arguments going on in Uganda anyway. So that's why some people were joining this cult. It was like a an F.U. to the whole religion thing going on. Um, so this cult just really wasn't helping anything in the eyes of the elders. So they told him to remove themselves from the village in 1992, which was handy because Credonia had literally just convinced Joseph to sell his three other properties, car, and all of his machines, as well as take his children out of their schools so that they could afford food for their growing disciples. Wow. So That they sounds left.
0: very responsible.
1: Right? So they left. Luckily for them, and the folly- fo- fo- followers, Credonia's dad just gave them his farm.
0: Wow, what a guy.
1: Oh, thanks, Paolo. By this point, the cult had around 4,000 members.
0: Oh my gosh. Yeah. Whoa. I wasn't expecting it to be that big. It's
1: absolutely ginormous. That's huge. Yeah. And the cult had some rules, as most cults do. Members of the cult had to hand over their money and their assets so that it could be pooled together to keep all of the members fed and clothed. In addition to this... Following the Commandments was like the principal rule. Obviously, it's some. The name is something to do with the Commandments. <laughs> I cannot tell you it verbatim, even though I've literally just studied this.
0: You should have made like an acronym.
1: Right? It's not. It's not a very good name. That's a bit rude. It. I mean, it's not. I can't even find it. The movement for the restoration of the Ten Commandments of God. To. M- Murtkuga. Murtkuga. K- 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 <laughs> anyway they didn't call it the Kurga for everyone to ignore the 10 commandments So a quick religion lesson here are the 10 commandments Number 1 I have not left it as thou shalt not by the way I've just oh, right. I've just made it normal English
0: thou shalt not kill
1: Can you name all 10
0: Don't kill anyone Don't Be greedy Covet, yeah Um I used to study this Back in school when I was about 10
1: Okay, well, we've got Number one, you shall have no other gods before me Oh yeah Number two, you shall make no idols Number three, you shall not take the name of the lord in vain
0: It's like adultery one
1: Yeah. Yeah Number four, keep the sabbath day holy Number five, honour your father and your mum. Number six, don't commit murder. Seven, don't commit adultery. Eight, don't steal. Nine, don't bear false witness against your neighbour, i.e. don't be a gossiping bitch. And number ten, don't covet or like greedily hoard things. So obviously, these guys went really hard with the commandments. Especially number nine, which I feel like is the most relevant one. Which is to not bear false witness against your neighbour.
0: I guess it's like, objectively, the easiest one. I would say it's
1: pretty easy not to murder.
0: No, I mean like... <laughs> I mean, well, the mean, I've never murdered,
1: have you? Uh, I was like, I would never bitch about anyone, but I've murdered eight people.
0: Um, no, I just mean like, I don't know where this is going to go. This might be a completely fine cult. But in my experience of Spoiler, cults, it's not. in my experience of cults, something bad happens because people involved have like a weird power complex, and then they start like killing people and doing all sorts of mad stuff and sleeping with people and it's it's an, and they're rich and it's a nightmare and it completely goes against everything that they said they believed in. So if you're like, yeah, we shouldn't do those things, we really shouldn't do this, then if you do one of the other things. Yeah, fair people enough. People aren't going to notice as much because you're making such a big statement about not gossiping about Sandra that you just don't care anymore.
1: <laughs> oh, poor Sandra. They're like, well, they wouldn't do that. You sad little they're bitch. They're taking
0: it really seriously. <laughs> it's like, well, they're not. They've just killed like six people. It doesn't go like
1: that. It's not so much like that kind of cult where oh, right. it, like well, gradually... You see what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were so worried about breaking the bearing false witness one that they would often do days where no one spoke at all. That's, that's, well, a lot. And this transformed into many of the group learning sign language and signing their way through the day. Which I was a bit confused about, because you can totally bitch about someone in sign language.
0: Well, yeah. People who use sign language aren't just super nice. No, they're not. All the time. I know
1: this woman and she... It was when I worked in the pub and she used to come in. She was completely deaf. She spoke only in sign language, which was hard for me because pull a pint is the same for every pint. But...
0: Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that.
1: <laughs> but she started teaching me swears. Wonderful. Yeah. And like, asshole, Dickhead. She taught me them all. It was a great time. Dickhead is this.
0: Whoa. Yeah. I like that.
1: It's... It's... Imagine... You have an elephant trunk coming out of your forehead. Now, stroke the trunk.
0: All right. Anyway. Sound language with Kate.
1: (laughs) I guess it was the dedication of not chatting shit in verbal ways.
0: It's proving yourself, isn't it? Yeah. Then you trust people more. Everyone trusts each other. Everyone knows. No one's backstabbing them.
1: Yeah. It's a wonderful cut. I mean...
0: It makes sense. Follow-up. Also, it's always good to know sign language. It is, yeah. It's, it's accessible. accessible. It is accessible. The pros. We're looking at the pros.
1: So, as well as this, the followers were forbidden from having sex and from using soap, which I guess one would discourage the other. Yes. Also, fasting was conducted regularly.
0: Why would you not want anyone to use soap? Everyone would be stinky. Maybe
1: it was to, like, like I'm saying, like, make sure no one had sex.
0: Maybe. if People are desperate, though.
1: That desperate?
0: Yeah. You ever watched a zombie TV show? People still have, like, full-on sex. I know it's not real, but I think it's pretty accurate. Even though they're like, we could get pregnant, we could die. We're all stinky and disgusting. <laughs> people will still do it. That because... seems
1: like uni, honestly.
0: <laughs> Humans are gross creatures.
1: It's true. Fasting, yeah, was conducted regularly. Apparently, um, some of the group have been described as looking sort of malnourished. Like, it wasn't good for these people. Wow, okay. Um, And you were kind of forced to work on the plantation because the residence, like the farm, was on a plantation. So it was like, you work where you live. Okay. So it sounds like your typical cult, really, from what we've covered in the past. So flash forward to 1998, a story runs in the Ugandan press saying that they've been shut down for unsanitary conditions, child labor, and the kidnapping of children.
0: Oh. Oh.
1: But then, like a month or so later, they're able to reopen with the blessing of the Ugandan government. What? Yeah.
0: What, how, wait, how? Um, Corruption, I'm going to go with. Mm, okay, fair.
1: So at this point as well, it's super close to the turn of the century. So everyone in this cult is freaking the fuck out. They're like, oh my God, we're going to die soon.
0: So were they taking children for the labor?
1: I suppose.
0: Wow. Okay. That's not very nice.
1: Well, the kind of whole kidnapping, like I said, there is not a lot on this just cult. It's brushed over. Yeah. There's not a lot on this cult. And um, it was in Uganda and the yeah. Ugandan police force. Are not as um, I suppose rigorously computer savvy, fair enough, as the police force that you and I would know, you know what I mean. So there are bits that are just missing from this entirely.
0: No, I had that with a few of my my cases that I've covered in the past.
1: Yeah, so it's it's like the way that we don't know anything about either of these people's backstories really.
0: Yeah, well, I guess as well, like, you know, you have to decide whether it's important enough to post and they just might not have thought that.
1: Exactly. Like they've mentioned that children were kidnapped and they've left it there. They've given you the facts. And if you want to know more, you need to go look.
0: I need to go find people
1: involved. (laughs) Yeah, you need to go see this 23 year old story and go look it up. So anyway, super close to the turn of the century. Everyone is freaking out. One teenage member told the news in 1999 that The world ends next year. There's no time to waste. Some of our leaders talk directly to God. Any minute from now, when the end comes, every believer who will be at an as-yet-undisclosed spot will be saved. So this is sounding a bit like um, Heaven's Gate, right?
0: Yeah.
1: At this point, the cult was selling all of their cattle.
0: Okay, at least the cattle were going away.
1: Yeah, and they were selling all of their clothes. They were selling it for next to nothing. They didn't want anything they were responsible for because they were getting the hell out of there before the world ended, right?
0: (sighs) Isn't it crazy that people thought the world was going to end? Right, just because of a new year? Yeah. Mental. I know, we should talk about it more someday.
1: Old members who had left before had come back for salvation. Everyone stopped working entirely, so the plantation was just left. All to wait for the end of the world. Then, as we know, it did not end. What? I don't think there's a bigger hole in someone's lies than the world not ending when you said it would.
0: Yeah, that's kind of a big, big one. That's a kick in the teeth. What are you supposed to do? Well,
1: Joseph and Cradonia were like, oh, my bad, it actually ends on March 17th. Silly ass, let's get back to work for the next few months.
0: Oh, imagine how mad you'd be. Like, I've just sold my cow, right? And yeah, you're telling me this.
1: Obviously, things were beginning to unravel. Members were rebelling and demanding their money, clothes, and assets back. Payments to the movement dropped drastically and it looked like the end of the movement as a whole. So as a gesture of good faith, a party was thrown. Hmm. 530 of the followers showed up, ate roasted bull, and drank soft drinks. Minutes after everyone had arrived at the house, there was an explosion so big, it killed every single attendee.
0: Oh my god.
1: It had been a trap, and the windows and doors of the house had been boarded up to prevent an escape.
0: Oh, wow. That's horrible.
1: Yeah. This is what I'm saying. Earlier, when you were like, oh, you know how it slowly goes downhill? I'm like, no. No.
0: It was a panic move.
1: It was. This obviously alerted the authorities, because there was a ginormous explosion and a subsequent fire from the explosion.
0: That's a lot of people as well. That's so sad.
1: They weren't expecting this, even though they'd been keeping tabs on the cult, because the leaders had announced a party, like, to the public the day after, so the 18th of March 2000, to throw the officials off the trail. That's smart. All of the properties owned by the movement were searched after the explosion. Um, Because they presumed, so at this point there were five leaders within the cult, obviously we've got the main two, and then the other ones were just kind of like delegated stuff to, that kind of thing. So they were presumed dead. So at this point the authorities were like, shit, we need to go search everything, see what information we can glean. And they found absolute carnage over the five sites that this movement had, including the house used for the party. 925 people had been murdered.
0: Oh my god. See, this is what I'm saying. If they said, if they were really had cracking down on the do not murder thing, what are they going to do now?
1: At first, it was thought to be a mass suicide. But as the bodies were examined, it was found that some had been poisoned, some had been stabbed, and some had been strangled.
0: That is dedication. That many people... Jesus Christ, that's a lot of people.
1: All of the murders had happened in the three weeks preceding the house fire.
0: Wow, I'm extremely uncomfortable right now.
1: It's disgusting
0: yeah that's that's a lot
1: that's it's shocking figures, yeah, I think it's like ten or so above Jonestown,
0: yeah. You've been you've been shocking me on these last few episodes, Kate. I have. I'm sorry. The blobs really got me as well.
1: I just couldn't believe I'd never heard of this. Nine hundred and twenty-five yeah. people died.
0: Me either. I guess it's just not. It's not. It's not from America, and it's not from the UK, and that's where most promoted stories are. Just on like our news, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Police only found this many bodies because they noticed a slight depression in the ground on one of the sites, so they dug. And found a mass grave. Which they then did at all of the sites. And found a mass grave at every single one of them.
0: That's so terrible. Do you think it was just like a... Oh crap, we've told everyone now. And we don't want them to go and leave. I would rather everyone just died.
1: Well, I've written at the end, like... What do you think? Like, do you think it was their plan all along to kill the followers? Or do you think it was more like a we don't want to look like idiots? Or do you think that they thought they were helping their followers reach a divine end?
0: I think either one of the two of there are many cults like Jonestown where it started out like Jim Jones was trying to help people. Mm -hmm. But it quickly became Jim Jones's God and... You know, I, if I can't be your cult leader and we all can't live here happily together and I can't just be the leader, I would rather we all just died. Yeah. You know what I mean? It feels
1: like it's turned into nastiness. Like, obviously, mass murder is nasty, but I mean, like, the thought process behind it.
0: Yeah, it's like, well, either I don't want to look a fool, I don't want to get caught for lying or, you know, taking people's money, or I don't want this to end. And I would rather that you all just died than than you ever think that I'm a fraud.
1: Yeah, almost like if I can't have you, no one will.
0: Yeah, it's just, it's like a weird power thing, which I think is just what most cults are driven by anyway.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. So to be
0: like, well, if you don't believe me, then just, you might as well just die. Yeah. Or, you know, it could be like what you said, where they thought that they were helping. If they genuinely thought, oh no, the world's going to end on this date. Because they might have, because you don't know their thought process. It would just seem weird, though, that if they were like, okay, the
1: world's going to end, so I'm going to kill all of my followers so that they don't suffer. Why didn't they do that at the turn of the century?
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I think is a bit suspicious.
1: Because that was the date they were going off of for years.
0: Also, if they were making it up just to um, kill them at the end, surely they would have not been like, oh, if you arrive at this point, you'll be saved. And just done a a heaven's gate where you're like, we'll we'll just die, then we'll just meet up later. Yeah. Because if if people are going to follow you that far into it, they might follow you in death as well. Yeah, it does seem like... It seems like they just panicked. It seems like everyone
1: wants their money back. Everyone wants to leave. Everyone thinks we're frauds. Let's get rid of the problem.
0: Isn't it incredibly... It's just incredible, I guess, how far people will go to avoid stress and responsibility and consequences.
1: I don't even think it's that. I think it's embarrassment.
0: That's a lot of people. That is a ridiculous amount of people to kill rather than just accepting that you know you messed up just offer refunds in two years no one's gonna remember this yeah but instead you've done this you know what i mean like
1: what it's the absolute just absolute craziest outcome
0: yeah literally the worst thing you could have done
1: (laughs) so it was presumed that the five leaders of the movement had all died in the fire I think three are confirmed dead. Like I say, it's impossible to tell anything about this story. But the main two, Joseph and Credonia, are still believed to be alive. That's even worse. Reports as late as 2014 came in that Joseph might be in Malawi, but neither of them have been found to this day.
0: I'm going to find him.
1: I'm going to find him and I'm going to take him to prison.
0: Yeah, punch him right in the nose.
1: So it's hard to kind of tell, as we were just discussing, what happened at the end there. Joseph was being treated for various mental disorders near the end of of that kind of timeline, but abrupt abruptly stopped medication before the mass murders. So that might not have helped, but obviously, not everyone that has a mental disorder goes on to mass murder nearly a thousand people mm. so yes. yeah or it could just be you know that they were an evil duo you get them throughout history you've got the moors murderers fred and rose there are evil powers <laughs> in like twos you know
0: it's just such a big scale though it does it does to me just feel like they just they were just like we fucked up
1: i think Although it is absolutely awful, and I am, you know, not negating that in any way, it is so lucky for everyone that got out because that was only a quarter of their top, like, population. Oh yeah, of definitely. the cult. Like, could you imagine if everyone else had have stayed on? What on earth would have happened?
0: I know. Well, thanks for putting a big downer on that, Kate.
1: I know, I feel absolutely awful. Should we talk about something nice?
0: Very interesting, though, but just a bit, quickly, a bit bad. Do you want me to find some fun facts again?
1: We yeah, we should really start
0: preparing these in case, in case it goes sad at the end. Yeah,
1: we should. Yeah, well, I mean, it's hard because I was like, this is a really interesting case, and I feel like I've never heard of it.
0: No, it was interesting, definitely interesting. But you know, sometimes you don't realize. how how much it's going to affect you until you say it out loud in a room at 11pm.
1: It's different when you're writing it because you're like, oh my god, this is awful. And then you actually say out loud that those things have happened.
0: Sea turtles? Oh wait, no. Some turtles can breathe through their butts. I
1: actually knew that fact. Hit me with another.
0: In 1984, a regular at a pizzeria asked his waitress for help choosing his lottery numbers. He won. Came back and tipped her $3 million.
1: Oh my goodness. That's so crazy.
0: I would love to do that.
1: I don't think I could trust someone enough in help picking my lottery numbers. I feel like they have got to be very special numbers to me.
0: Well, I guess if you just do it all the time, you might just be like, come on, lady.
1: What's your lucky number, Ab?
0: 13. 13.
1: Mine's 17.
0: Although I like repeating numbers. Like what? 111. One, one, 2-2-2. Any others? 3 3 <laughs> what, what, what. But uh, a normal number, 13.
1: I love the 111 times tables. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I feel like lucky numbers are an odd one. I feel like everyone's got a lucky number, but no one really knows why like 17 is that useful to me no it was my register number when i was in secondary school
0: see i think my lucky number is 13 but i think it's more just because like are you one of those people that's like 13's an unlucky number not for me it's lucky for me I think that I oh, stop it. have forced it to be my lucky number, and now it is. <laughs> I've manifested my own lucky number. So when my birthday is the 3rd of October. It's the 3rd of the 10th. You add them together, it's 13. So that used to be my reason when I was a kid, because everyone else was like, mine's four, because I was born in this date, And I'd be like, that's boring. And then, yeah, the whole, when I was going through my edgy phase, I was like... Yeah, and also you're a spooky Halloween bitch, so like 13. Exactly. The combination of all of them. It's 13, baby.
1: Well, mine is the chemical number for chlorine.
0: Because you like to swim in the pool? I do. That's a very big stretch. Look, I didn't pick
1: it to be the number for chlorine.
0: Let us know what your lucky number is.
1: Do. Let us know if you also like to swim in the pool.
0: Let us know. (laughs) Let us know
1: if you knew that sea sun turtles breathe through some, their butts.
0: Some turtles. Some, some. Some turtles. Some. Yeah, like several, but not all. Oh, I thought
1: you said sun.
0: No. Oh, a sun turtle. That would have been really Yeah, I was thinking, cute. oh, that'd
1: be nice. Maybe it's like their pattern on their shell. Nah, it's some. I'm so excited for when you edit this and it's just us chatting absolute shit about turtles with this spooky music going on. I know. I can't remember what it sounds like. I was going to sing it. What a great time. Anyway, Anyway. if you like the podcast, please go rate us on iTunes. It would help us. Recommend us to your friends. For
0: real. Follow us on social media. Have a great
1: day. And don't listen before bed. Listen before bed.